California and particularly Los Angeles. Home prices there plunging more than 3%. So is the U.S. housing bubble near bursting? What are we looking at? If you believe the people who are in the business of reporting headlines, then it's easy to think that a real estate crash is on the horizon. You know, I, I've actually been in the room with other real estate professionals. They've actually said, you know, there's a crash coming. It, it's, real estate has a cycle. It's every 10 years. I, I'll ask for evidence of that. Like, show me the evidence that the market's going to turn. Well, I just, I've been in this longer than you, kid. I know the truth, right? What are the leading indicators of, of a crash? And those just don't exist. We're not seeing them. In this episode of the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with Hal Swayze, the team gets to the bottom of the possibilities of a crash through just good old-fashioned conversation. Time to take off your tinfoil hats. Here's host, James Bueno. Welcome, everybody, to the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with Hal Swayze. Hal Swayze's with us. Hal, how are you doing? I'm great today, James. Thank you. Mr. Pete, how are you doing? I am excellent. Thanks for asking. Our escrow manager, Dakota Bailey. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. Thanks, James. And again, uh, JT is on vacation. So uh, today, Hal, um, should I wait for the real estate market to crash? Without a doubt, everybody knows the market has shifted and the volume of home sales is down 20 to 30% depending on what town, what space you're in, whatever. So it's way down from a peak of last year, which was the highest home sales. In fact, I'm going to throw some loose numbers out. I think last year we closed 6.6 .6 in the country or something like that, 6.6 .6 million homes. Do you remember, Jay? Uh, I don't, but it was, it was up from the Like over six year, and yeah. a half million. Yeah. And then, you know, a few months ago, the National Association of Realtors says, oh, it looks like we're tracking for, you know, 5.3, which is still really, really good because last year was the record, I'm pretty sure. It was, yeah. Yeah. And so now they're readjusting it to like, okay, 4.8. You know, that's a lot less transactions. Plus, now nationwide, we have a million and a half realtors where a few years ago we had closer to a million. COVID put a lot of the service industry out of business. Yeah. And so I'm seeing a huge wave of uh, waiters, bartenders, uh, service individuals that have gotten licensed now that are getting in the real estate game. There's always a surge of licensees that enter the business just before the turn. Yeah. When the market gets, you know, real strong. So yeah, yeah the market's transitioning. So when the volume goes down, I see a lot of people go, well, you know, houses aren't selling or it's, it's taking longer. There's not as many sales. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean what we call, we call it a crash. But does that affect prices? Well, if the supply of homes doesn't really go up, and it really hasn't, it's gone up a little bit, then prices will hold stable. Jay, you see this on a regular basis uh, Absolutely. with all we're, the agents in the county. Yeah, what we're seeing the appreciation of homes um, stabilize at you know, 7 to 10% as opposed to the breakneck 25% we were seeing the year prior. Um, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that, uh, that there is that, that shift that's going on. Interest rates have come up, and that's pushed uh, buyers out of the um, out of the pool, um, but there's still an, a great deal of relocating humans that are coming here from outside the area, bringing tax bases with them and and uh, interested in retiring in this community or ending up in this community and, and buying homes here. So the demand has still been high. Um, you know, days on the market are, you know, under 30. They're not three or four like they were you know, yeah. six months ago, but there's still a, a, a huge demand uh, for real estate. And as long as, and as, long as we're going to be in an environment where we've got low crime, incredible weather, you've got the ocean, the mountain, everything that San Luis County has to offer, there's always going to be a demand for real estate here. Yeah. So, so what then would affect the supply? Because the Fed has reduced the demand by raising rates. Raising rates, right? yeah. I mean, we're very interest rate sensitive. Right? Yeah, so and Dakota, are you, have you, you're, you know, with all the transactions that you're involved in, um, do you see deals um, falling apart because buyers uh, that thought they could get in at a you know six uh, five and a half percent interest rate no longer have that rate to, available to them? 
Yeah. Uh, so whenever we had the kind of the bigger jump in rates where we went from, you know, in the threes up into the fives in, you know, a two to three week time, we had people that, you know, hey, I've got to get requalified. And if I don't get requalified, you know, I may be looking at houses in the eights and I can only afford houses at 650. Wow. That's a huge jump. Or like devaluation. Like they're just now they just can't buy. Right. Yeah. 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 Now, now, here's the thing we're starting to notice. Some sellers are going, oh, if I can't get my price that was what it was in March when there's a little bit of adjustment or sell it quickly, I'm pulling my house off the market. So that affects our supply. Mm -hmm. um, you've got people that you would have downsized or upgraded, but now instead of doing it in a 3% interest rate environment, they're in a 5 to 6% interest rate environment. They don't really want to give up that three percent. Yeah, well, it doesn't make sense if you're going to. I mean, you're going to upside, you're going to downsize or, or, or move up to the next house, and you've locked in at three percent. Holy crap! Your mortgage can be offset by the rents in today's environment because the rents are so incredibly high. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm a prime example. I'll, I'll never going to sell the house I'm in. I'll just buy the next one um, because I'll never be able to get money that cheap for the house that I have. I'll pull an equity line out to buy the next house and just keep the one I've got, which means there's going to be those individuals and fewer properties on the market in the future. Yep. Yep. So that, that means it's just less likely to, for people to sell their homes because of that rate. So when people say to me that, you know, nobody knows what's going to happen, but until the supply issue goes up, it's going to be tough for prices to take anything near what's it called a crash. You know, I mean, will there be adjustments up and down all the time? Right. You know, I, I think it'd be imp it's important to talk about you know what happened in 2006 to 2008 when we had a real crash, a true crash. You know, anybody that had a pulse, the the requirements to borrow money were removed. You had a pulse. You, it was called stated income loans. You just told them what you make and what you and, and they gave you the loan. They gave, you could buy whatever, and that drove prices through the roof. What we're seeing in today's environment is quite a bit different. The rates were still were so attractive, but you still had to qualify for the loan. So that type of activity um, that created the problem that we witnessed um, full force from 2008 on was it hasn't been created. It's not what we're looking at. We're looking at a real market. People are qualifying for loans. They were really borrowing money at less than 3%. I mean, that's crazy and super awesome for everybody, you know, because those that got into homes got in. Those that could refinance got great rates. They'll be that in those houses for, I mean, you can create some generational wealth there by hanging on to those properties. We, we're not seeing that, and we didn't see that. What we see is, you know, responsible lending practices. We're seeing a huge demand, and, you know, I think the reality is, when you look at the homes that were built decade over decade, starting from the 30s, in the 1930s, we built you know 5.4 million homes in the U.S. And that number went up till the 2010, like from 2000 to 2010, when we built 26.4 million homes in the United States of America. You know how many homes we built between 2010 and 2020? Like five-ish. Five. Yeah, 5.8 million. Yeah. yeah, we're like four or five million behind right now. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. It, it's a huge number. So demand, fundamental economics, right? Price is driven by demand and availability. And then, you know, for those people that are trying to get into the market as a buyer right now, it's like, okay, well, if it is going to crash and I'm going to time it and wait, which, you know, I, could be who knows, right? It doesn't seem like it because it doesn't seem like prices are going to adjust that much. And at the same time, it appears that, you know, we still have people. So the rents continue to be strong. Rents drive prices, number of homes available, which don't, we don't have as many coming on. People are not moving as much. And then wages. And so 
right now there's a big push to keep increasing wages. And I don't know where that stands or where that'll level off, but it, those, all those things are gonna affect our real estate. And then you take the geographical com component, which we've talked about a lot, which is much rather be in San Luis Obispo than, uh, I don't wanna throw any place under the bridge, but Baton Rouge, Louisiana, or wherever it is. You know, we've got mm -hmm. climate, we've got ocean, you know, uh, we've got university, small town, we don't have traffic. So all those things bode well if we're talking about central coast real estate. Unfortunately, I rent, yeah. right? But it, the rental market in, in Slow County has been tough. There hasn't been a whole heck of a lot of available rentals. But, you know, of course, that's driving the renting, rental prices up. Sure. But, we're, you know, Jay, you were saying I'm going to keep my house and rent it. But why isn't there just a large amount of rentals out here right now? Well, well, they've built some, like that new Cal Poly structure on oh, Shore and yeah. Foothill. You know, so there, there is some rental stock being built and it's probably going to be the way to solve the housing problem because it's easier to build probably a hundred unit apartment building than a hundred homes. Yeah. Right. And the demand is there. Yeah. I mean, there's a 99% occupancy rate in San Luis County. Yeah. No, the demand is there, but I, I am not seeing or noticed and I, I looked for, you know, a year. Right. Um, you know, and, uh, it, it was tough. It took a long time to find a new rental for oh, me yeah. personally. Yeah. And the rents are high. Extremely yeah. outrageous. It, yeah. it, you know, like, I, well, you, my son's a great example. He's got a two-bedroom apartment for he's paying three thousand dollars a month for it, and his rent will go up next year. It's, it's scheduled to go up seven percent every single year. Yeah. Um, boy, talk about you want to you know fix your expenses, buy a house. Right. You know what your mortgage payment's going to be. Yeah. And you know, for somebody that you, know, I, I think. And I'll appeal to the younger generations where you've got the ability with some flexibility. And if you don't have kids and you've got a good job, you've got the opportunity to house hack. You know, get into a house um, using some, you know, first-time homebuyer opportunities, rent two of the rooms out, and give yourself an opportunity to help offset the mortgage. Because it might be higher than your rent, but if you rent rooms out, or buy a duplex or a triplex. Allow the income off of the additional units to offset your uh, mortgage. You're going to save money, build wealth and um, create a huge opportunity for yourself and your heirs. You are hipper than I thought, because I didn't know what house hack meant. <laughs> <laughs> it's the new kid thing. The, house hack? These kids nowadays, okay. yeah, hacks. All right. ADUs, yeah. too, right? We had, we had that uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, episode on ADUs. You know, if somebody's waiting for the bottom to drop out, I don't see it. Ha I mean, there's nothing in the cards to show it. Now, who knows what could happen in a year or six years or whatever. But in general, there would be, have to be a huge number of people who says, I'm, take my keys, take my house, you know, I'm giving it up. You know, I don't care that I don't owe much or I've got a low mortgage rate or I have nowhere else to go. I'm going to sell my house. Mm, it doesn't yeah, seem like you know, Jay, getting back to what you're saying, you know, there's absolutely zero similarities from the 2006 to 2008. I mean, that they were giving away loans. Yeah. There's a huge, huge difference from then to now. Oh, of course. Why are people putting those two together like it's going to create another crash if it, it, the situations are totally different? You know, I, I've actually been in the room with other real estate professionals, you know, not, not in, in our wheelhouse um, because we talk about the economics and we talk about the numbers and allow them to do the heavy liftings, but lifting, but they've actually said, you know, there's a crash coming. It, it's, real estate has a cycle. It's every 10 years. And I've, I'll ask for evidence of that. Like, show me the evidence that the market's going to turn. Well, I just, I've been in this longer than you, kid. I know the truth, right? Prices and, and what, what we're looking at, those are lag in, lagging indicators. What are the leading indicators of, of a crash? And those just don't exist. We're not seeing them, you know, outside of the meme of well, the Chris Farley Saturday Night Live skit when if you don't go to school and you don't do the right thing, you're going to live in, the, in a van down by the river. Like, well, now if you work hard, you get the opportunity to buy a Sprinter and live in a van down by the river. Right? <laughs> 
So if the, if the entire, you know, everybody that's made it sells their house to buy a van, that's the one thing that might create inventory. But I don't see that happening. Yeah. So, so we're, we're in more of just a slowdown. It's not affecting prices, right? But we're just slowing down because well, I think times are different. Well, I mean, I'll counter Jay a little bit. I mean, there are certainly cycles in real estate, right? And as a, if you're in the business and the volume drops, the number of home sales, which we're all experiencing, is like, well, for me, it's not that great. You know, if I'm an orange farmer and suddenly nobody wants oranges, you know, then that's not good for you. But in general, there's the two markets we always talk about. How's the market? Which one? The price or the volume? The number of sales or the pricing? And when things slow down, people get nervous, right? And it's just a change. So, and again, here we are talking about rates are probably closer to 6% today, maybe a little above, right? And they change all the time. But even if they got to seven, when we had one of our lenders on here in the early 90s, he goes, I can't, I can't wait till rates get back down to the sevens. Right. So it's all our approach and how we look at stuff. But uh, in, in support of what you're saying, Jay, you, you know, until that supply issue changes, unless everybody stops buying a house and people need a place to live, they're not going to stop buying houses, then we're not going to have any major change in the price configuration here in this case. Yeah, anytime soon. Yeah. So. Do you recall, um, what were the rates back in the, the, the giveaway loan days in the 2006 to 2008? What, what were the interest rates? Then? Well, they were mostly adjustables. They were okay. teaser rate loans. And you didn't have to provide any, you know, do you, how much do you make? Uh, I make $600,000. Okay, sounds good. Let's Perfect. go. There Let's get go. you a loan. Yeah. We'll put you in at 1% starter rate. I don't remember yeah. what the rates yeah. were, but it made no sense to me. That Absolutely. Well, I think one of the best movies was The Big Short. Oh, it yeah. really, really brought it. If you haven't seen The Big Short, you've got to watch it. It, it paints a picture. Uh, Christian Bale was in it and uh, did an incredible job of playing the main character. But but, uh, but that that pinned it, absolutely pinned it from top to bottom. We could talk for like two hours on what really happened um, from Moody and Poor's and the ratings and all kinds of yeah. stuff. But uh, but watch the movie and you'll get it all. Hal, you were saying um, from last year we were down in sales, but month to month locally in, in Slow County, um, from what would it be uh, August to September, we had an increase in sales, correct? Yeah, over over the month. month yeah, month. you're paying attention. Good. Yeah, yeah. James, you I, remember more than I, I do. I, yeah. I pay, I pay yeah. attention. Yeah, you're doing a good job. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's it seems to have leveled right in terms of the volume of sales. It's just down from last year, and so. Well, it's the third month in a row that we've had an increase. I think, right? Is it? Okay. So. Well, no. See, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> go, James. Go. You've got, no, you got a young brain. I mind. Uh, so I have yeah. the worst memory here. Yeah. Trust me. Yeah, trust me. <laughs> Isn't it always isn't it always going to be down from last year because last year was so crazy? I mean, you're going to yeah. look back at the the sheer transactions that you guys did in basically late 2020 to early 2022, and it, it, it there, there'll never be anything that matches that, right? Uh, you can't say never, but the chance it's our goal. Yeah, it's very <laughs> slim, right? It's very slim. It's like I'm waiting for gas to get back to 25 cents a gallon. You know, <laughs> you know there, there is one thing that I, I, I just I, well, spoke with Kevin Irot here a little bit ago. He's the uh, chief title officer and county manager for First American Title. And he brought something up that was really, really interesting. And that is that in the United States of America, we have uh, since the 1850s a prescription for getting a true title deeded interest to real property. I think we all take that for granted because the U.S. is one of the only places on this planet where you can buy and get that assurity that what you're buying belongs to you. Try owning property in Mexico or 
Guatemala or China? I mean, do you have that surety that what you're buying what, from who you think is the owner, are you really getting a securitized um, investment? Are you getting something that is backed by a title policy? It doesn't exist anywhere else in the world, or at least a lot of the countries that were mentioned. Yeah, or, and so what, what does that mean? We've got a lot of international buyers, people that are coming and buying from other countries because they get surety of ownership. Sure. Yeah. And 30-year mortgages. Yeah. It's the only country where you get a 30-year mortgage, right? I remember in 2010, we were able to negotiate our rent down. We were renting in downtown San Luis Obispo. It was from an actual a real estate agent owned the home. Uh, and, and she wanted $1,600 for it. And we were like, no, how about $1,350? And she's like, okay, fine. Like, you, like the rental market was... was, was so beneficial to renters during yeah. that short period of time mm -hmm. coming off of that. But the rents, like you, you see house values starting to trickle down a little bit, right? Sure. You know, yeah. but the rents aren't coming down right. as a result. Any well, hope for somebody who's renting? Well, here's what it makes me think of. It's a good question, Jeff. I mean, when COVID hit and most businesses had to close, you work with people, you worked in a restaurant, you were out of work. We would have all thought that half the rental market was just going to, I mean, people can't pay their rent. Now, there were subsidies for that. But in San Luis Obispo County, you know, a lot of property managers, and we have a property management company and have some rentals, got together and, and was like, are you having any problem? No. I mean, nobody was really having, there's some certain cases where people were given relief. So here you are in a financial lockdown, um, and we didn't really have a dent in the rental market. Now, from what, March to May or June of that year, who knew what was going to happen, right, Till things open up? So if it's not going to happen then, I mean, I don't know what to tell you what's going to happen. Because that, to me, if you weather that... Where were we supposed to shelter during a pandemic? At home. At home, yeah. right? That's what, I think that's what drove, that's what, what was one of the big drivers over the last uh, 18 months, was people were realizing, I'm in the wrong house, the bit too big of a house, too small of a house. I want to get in the country. I want to be able to garden. I want to... You know, be in San Luis County, not L.A. County. I moved to the city because I like the theater and the restaurants, and, well, now I can't do that, so yeah. I'm moving to San Luis. I better get what I want to get to make my life comfortable if I'm going to be forced to be at home. Yeah. If somebody's interested in selling their home, you know, and they can, you know, talk about making an appointment with you, you can come in, and, you, you know, you're not a hammer. You're not going to say, if I get there, you're selling your house, right? So no. can, you, can you kind of explain what you do? And I know you've told people before, don't sell your house, you know, so... So kind of, you know, let people know what, what you do. Well, I mean, I try to act as, you know, provide valuable information to the clients, right? And, and this is a small town, and, and um, there are instances where I look at somebody and go, they should sell that house. You know, my brother-in-law just sold his place in Hawaii. He wanted to retire. It's like, yeah, he was going to – he did fairly well. Um, um, but it's like, okay, you should probably sell that because you don't want to work anymore and you don't need a $2 million house. You know, and this is in Hawaii, so they're expensive. You go buy something in Boise, Idaho for 500 or whatever and have a lifestyle you can enjoy yourself on. Um, and other times people go, well, I probably should sell the house for certain reasons. So we just talk about the pros and cons. You know, I met with a family the other day, then they had a house right next door. Their aunt, they were in the family, so the aunt passed away, and so the sister was living in the house next door, and they go, well, we'd kind of like to keep it, but the aunt got a reverse mortgage. So here's a, call it a $900,000 house with a $500,000 reverse mortgage. And, you know, could they pay it off? Okay, they could do that, so they got to come up with $500,000. Um, then to get it ready to rent, it's been deferred, so they need another hundred to get it rental ready. So now they're into it for six hundred thousand. 
So if they put 300 in and get a loan for 300, um, basically if they rented it out they, for a $300,000 investment of their own, they'd make $100 a month. Or because someone passed away, they get what's called a stepped up basis. So even though they have a huge gain in the property, when you have a trust, which we should cover sometime, um, and you pass away, you get the basis. So the, the, what they show is what they paid for it is gonna be the value very close to the time when they sell it. So meaning if they sell it for 900, there's no taxes on that. So now they can pay off the 500, they get 400,000 after that roughly that they can spread among the beneficiaries versus keeping and renting. And I go, in that case, you, you should certainly sell it because if it goes up 20% in the next two years and you sell it then, your basis at 200,000 is now taxable. So there goes a certain percentage to the federal government, a certain amount to the state. Then you split it by the heirs. You've been a landlord. You put 100 grand into it. Plus you had to pay off the reverse mortgage. So sometimes you just go through those things with people. That's more it. And then hey, if you get X for your property, in this case nine hundred thousand dollars, you know what's that going to do for you? And can you get the house you want? Got a lot of people that are in their bigger houses want to scale down. It's difficult, and it's difficult because there's not as much demand for big houses, and a lot of people want one level low-maintenance houses that are, don't take as much responsibility. And that what you give up for a more expensive house to go down, you could go down from a 2,500-square-foot house and pay almost the same price for a 1,500-square-foot one level. And I'm throwing those numbers around, but in general, scaling down is tough. So sometimes you, I've just had another family that they decided not to buy here. They bought in St. George, Utah. So they went and bought a house for 500000 got a nice retirement home, and they're going to be better off. So that may make sense for them, too. So we just talk about the options, and, and then I can just tell them from a real estate perspective, and you know, should I keep it, should I rent it, can if I move, what does that mean, what happens to my property taxes, we look at all those things. So um, how do uh, people get in contact with you now that you're a podcast superstar and a social media star? How Swayze is the one that will show up to the house? Yeah, I have you? an agent now. Um, <laughs> um, so, <no. laughs> just that's that's me, I'm your agent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. on the website, if you're listening to this, 805-781-3750, we, uh, we use telephones. We do. Yeah, we talk. Uh, and also, that, that same number, you can shoot us a text. If somebody didn't That's want to right. call, they can text us and say, hey, I'd like to talk to Hal to come to my house. And even if somebody's just thinking about it, right? You, you, you'll come. Oh, you'll just give them course. the info. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes. All right, gentlemen, anybody have any more questions or comments about uh, the market? Don't tell JT the market crashed. Well, <laughs> oh, you know what? I should, I should at least quote JT before we leave. And, that, and he, would, he would say, there's, there's, what are the two best times to buy a house 20 years ago? And today, yeah. I tried. That was my best JT. Oh yeah, that was that was, really that was, that was yeah. a good try. So, so you just, need an agent yeah. now after that performance. <laughs> yeah, just uh, for everybody out there, if you could help us out, please, and don't tell JT that we we uh, talk, talked about this on our podcast today. We'd appreciate it, yeah. uh, gentlemen. Thank you very much, uh, Dakota, Jay, and Hal. Thank you so much. Uh, we will see you guys next week. Great. Thank you for listening to the House Wazy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast. It comes out every Monday, so check for it in your feed for the latest information on the San Luis Obispo County market. The Slow County Real Estate with House Swayze podcast is available wherever you get your podcast and on HouseSwayze.com where you can find current listings and other real estate tips. HouseSwayze.com, that's H-A-L-S-W-E-A-S-E-Y.com. I am James Bueno, Director of Marketing for the House Swayze Group. If you're looking for anything real estate, give us a call, 805-781-3750. House Swayze is a licensed California real estate broker, DRE number 01111911. The Slow County Real Estate with House Swayze Podcast is a production of AGM Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.